You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. It's The Dan Patrick Show live here. It's me, Jason McIntyre, joined by Doug Gottlieb, filling in for Dan and the Danettes. Got a phenomenal Christmas Eve show for you. Folks, I hope everybody's having a happy holiday. Christmas is tomorrow. If you are on your way to the store to get last-minute gifts, I'm sorry about your luck. That is just a bad decision on your part. You got to show out and get the kids and the ladies and the jump-off and everybody that matters to you a nice holiday present. Uh, It's been a great holiday for me, although Jimmy Garoppolo kind of, sort of, ruined things for me. I was on a gambling roll in the NFL. As you guys know, I do a lot of gambling stuff for Fox Sports, and I have my own podcast here on the iHeart Network, Straight Fire. And, oh my gosh, I love the Niners. They're rolling, and Jimmy Garoppolo got in the way and totally butchered the Niners. I don't want to say he screwed their season, and Doug will chime in here shortly, but Jimmy Garoppolo is the reason they lost that game. And I know the defense got just absolutely slaughtered on third and long. Folks, I saw a stat that just blew me away. So the Niners defense, which has been great, has their issues in the secondary. And the Tennessee Titans are the first team in the NFL this season with five conversions of third and ten or longer in one game. Five! San Francisco's defensive backs just got crushed by A.J. Brown, who'd been on the IR. They don't double A.J. Brown. The Titans come back, and the 49ers get a severe blow to their playoff chances. They do have the Texans next week, which is a layup, we know. But they got close out with the Rams. Rams will be battling for the number one stop bot. They'll be battling for the NFC West crown. And Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have all sorts of questions today, Doug Gottlieb, about whether or not he can be the franchise guy in San Fran, or are they going to turn to Trey Lance? The same way Alex Smith paved the way for Patrick Mahomes uh, back in the day in Kansas City. So Doug Gottlieb and I really uh, love to chop up the NFL. We do like to get into the NBA as well. There'll be a smattering of NBA talk. Uh, Just a quick note on the NBA. The Christmas Day slate is uh, who's who of who is not playing because it's getting ugly. COVID kind of wreaking havoc on the NBA. So, Doug, I I don't know. We'll get started with Jimmy Garoppolo and the Niners. Um, I don't know. Listen, I'm not going to make a big deal about one game, but this is kind of who he is, right? He'll look great for three weeks, and then Jimmy Garoppolo will vomit all over himself in a primetime game and have everybody questioning his future as the Niners starter. I don't even think, Jason, that it's that he'll look good for three weeks. Like, this is every game for him is he makes some plays. The final touchdown pass he threw was a beautiful ball. He'll make some plays that will lead you saying, uh, there's your quarterback. And then he'll make one play, at least one interception he'll throw. Or have one fumble, like, you cost us the game. You're up 10 nothing. you're on the road. You know, you're one of the hotter teams in football. You're trying to climb back into the playoffs. And he, he just did, I mean, that, that interception he threw, some of the other plays he made in the second half, they're just not good enough in order to be championship plays. And I, I think, I, I, I truly believe that, that most of, like, you know, it's like mostly true, right? Remember when you have uh, political debates, how they have, the, they have a fact checker at the end? I think the Niners have been mostly accurate and told mostly truths in regards to Jimmy Garoppolo. I think they like him. I think being injured is a problem. But I also think that that they feel like these moments keep coming up where he's been exposed 
because he has just he he does this. I, I can't like I was watching the game last night and I'm cooking some food and I look up and I see him throw the interception. I was like, yeah, that, that's about right. Like that's what he does. I'm th- thankfully I'm not emotionally invested in the Niners, but if I was, that would have been the most expected yeah. thing possible last night. So interesting stat on Jimmy G. One in six are the Niners this season when he throws an interception. Basically, hey man, if you turn the ball over, there's a good chance we're losing. And you know, Doug, the weird part about that pick in the first uh, first quarter, they were up seven nothing. They go down the field so quickly, they get the ball back, and they do the same damn thing. If he doesn't throw that pick, Doug, and they go up fourteen nothing or even ten nothing, it kind of sort of feels like game over. And I know they went up ten nothing, but Doug, the big tell, you know how like you're playing poker and somebody shows their hand, somebody whether it's something a tell that they've done in the past or you just notice something out of character. I mean. You know, Kyle Shanahan sat on the ball with two timeouts with, like, I think 80 seconds left in the half. Just decided, yeah, we're not going to chance it. And at that point, you knew this guy doesn't have faith in his quarterback. And that's disappointing if you're an offense. You saw Debo Samuel. You know, he's a, he's an amazing athlete, was a ridiculous player in college, kind of went un, uh, under the radar in the draft and fell a little bit because of injuries. And he was so fired up late in that fourth quarter. Like, come on, how are we losing this game? And he almost willed them to victory. Uh, Doug, Debo Samuel is fun to watch. And I should plug that I have him on my fantasy team. And I'm in the semifinals. And uh, he got me 28 points last night, baby. Fantasy football. Doug, I I know you do fantasy, right? I do. I have two fantasy teams. They're both still playing in the playoffs. I'm doing kind of well. I don't don't know how you veered off into that. No, you had two. Each team had two talented wide receivers. And I mean, let's be honest. The biggest completion of the game was a a free play. And Tannehill just throws it up in the air, and I don't even think Tennessee knew what was what was going on. So, uh, but but all of this, your previous point was the best one, which is all of this is avoidable if you're San Francisco. You just don't turn it over. You just don't turn it over. And and you're like, look, if you're if you're watching, you're like, wow, that's the 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 difference between throwing interception, not throwing interception is very slight. Correct. That's the difference between being a, just a good quarterback and being a great quarterback. You know, yeah. you can't turn, you just can't turn the ball over on the road, and and so they they lose what was a hotly contested game. Um, I still think the Niners are very good and got a heck of a pass rush with Dick Bosa. Uh, you mentioned Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and and George Kittle. Like that's a that's a good football team, and Garoppolo has been really really good of late. But that was a golden opportunity to solidify yourself in the playoffs. To get a big road win and really hurt Tennessee, who was not, did yeah. not feel like they were ready to play in the first half. Doug, one of the weird things about quarterback is everybody wants to say today, you know, the, the what is it, Friday morning quarterback, oh, you got to dump Jimmy Garoppolo, you got to move on. And it's like, well, wait a sec, hold on. I get it. This is who he is. He's, he's hot and cold and he can get you to a Super Bowl, but is he going to win you a Super Bowl? And then, Doug, it's like, okay, well, what are your options? Look around. What are you bringing in? Teddy Bridgewater? You sure as hell are not going after Sam Darnold. They have Trey Lance sitting there. Well, that's the thing. If Trey Lance was any good, don't you think he would have thrown a pass in, I don't know, the last three months? Like he's sitting on the bench doing nothing. So Pat Mahomes wasn't any good when he was sitting behind Alex Smith? Well, and that's where it gets interesting. It's like, is he Patrick Mahomes? What evidence is there that he's Patrick Mahomes other than, you know, he is a, a quarterback who was maybe drafted, what, top 11? I think Mahomes went 10 or 11. And he sat for a year. And he has a great offensive mind as a coach, Shanahan and Reed. And that's about it. Like, I don't know, Trey Lance's body of work at North Dakota State sure as hell wasn't anything special, was it? 
I don't know. I mean, Trey Lance was widely regarded as a top prospect in last year's draft, even before you know he played one one game in a COVID season. Uh, but he's a developmental prospect. There's no question. I I don't know. Like, he, here's what's interesting. So, Jason has you have your Straight Fire podcast, and I I know clips of it. Obviously, follow a lot of your a lot of the things you do, and I, I can remember a time in the middle of the season. You go back about a month and a half ago where people were questioning Kyle, is Kyle Shanahan really any good? Does he really know what he's doing? You know what, was, what the difference was? One, he was playing Trey Lance, and two, he was he had backups, and they didn't have their overall talent. Yep. So, so, so the thing is that this is kind of all part of the plan, and Garoppolo, up until last night, was kind of screwing up the plan because he was playing so well, and then last night you're like, oh, okay. I, I get it, right? That the, the the Trey Lance hope is that he's a better version of Kaepernick, and by Kaepernick, I don't mean the runner. I mean that Kaepernick replaced Alex Smith, who was playing well, got them to the NFC Championship game, just couldn't get him past that ceiling. wasn't all his fault. They lost to the Saints, so I, I that's obviously the plan. But if you answer your question, if you would have played last night, like no one thinks he's ready. He's going to be ready. It's going to be his team next year. They, they invested way too much. And the only thing screwing up that timeline, again, previous to last night, was Jimmy Garoppolo had played that well as the Niners know that in order to win this year, they need Jimmy to be their quarterback. Okay, so uh, I'll, I'll see your, okay, yeah, Trey Lance next year is the guy. And I'll raise you this. Well, why the hell didn't they just draft Mac Jones, who is going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year, looks like a surefire uh, starting quarterback in the NFL, has the Patriots in position to, I don't know, perhaps win the AFC East when the Bills were overwhelming favorites. And, you know, if, for my money, Mac Jones kind of reminds me of Jimmy G, does he not? Uh, Doug, I think it's these island games which really mess with people's heads, right? If you're on an island game and everybody's watching, there's no red zone. You've got to actually sit through commercials. You can't flip over to the NBA because they're all damn canceled because of COVID. And you're just watching every Jimmy Garoppolo play and you're like, geez, I don't know about this guy, man. He can look so good and then look so bad. Well, Doug, there's a, there's a couple island games coming up on Christmas Day. Uh, Baker Mayfield. You know, this guy's trying to play for a $40 million contract. I don't think anybody thinks he's worth it. And then you got Kyler Murray in the night game who hasn't been able to close a damn door to get to the playoffs uh, in his young career in Arizona. And it's just these quarterbacks in the NFL are so hard to find, Doug. Like, we think Baker, he goes one, they get to the playoffs last year. Uh, Baker Mayfield, uh, is he a franchise guy? And then Kyler Murray, who I love, who was an MVP candidate like four weeks ago. Well, I don't know. He sure looked, you know, ordinary against Detroit. Uh, Can he stay healthy? He's tiny. Can he take hits? He's not running this year, which was his best attribute. Is Kyler Murray a franchise guy? And, Doug, that's what's so great about the NFL. Like, we could do this all day on NFL. We could do 12 hours on who's a quarterback, who's not, who's going to the playoffs. I love this damn game, man. I'm sorry. I just love it. No, it's awesome. And uh, I proposed last week when when we knew – that we'd have games on two on Monday, two on Tuesday, and one on Thursday. Like this is what the holidays should be. Yeah. This instead of having bowl game after bowl game, and we have a ho- college hoop game on every night. Why don't we have an NFL game on every night, right? Uh, and I don't know. I I don't know if you heard me flesh this thing out. The idea is that because they didn't create a a second bye week, even though they added another game, you could add in a new bye week by simply playing. 
you had to play two games over a three-week stretch. You know, so for example, if you played this Tuesday, you're not going to play before next Tuesday. You might play the next Sunday, whatever. Like you just kind of space them out that way. And I, I, I think you'd end up. You still have full stadiums. You have a little bit different, uh, you know, TV. Uh, I think your TV partners would like it. You probably make more money out of the TV. Um, and you would kind of take over where all those ancillary bowl games, which seem to be slowly fizzling away, where, where they used to dominate. Um, I just that to me is the the next move. But I've I really enjoy. I mean, having football tonight and like Wednesday night, not having foot, not having NFL games on TV feels weird. But that makes it even better for Saturday. And and for Sunday, but this is this has been like the best NFL week, even though it's been terrible because there's been so much COVID and so many guys sitting out. But the the volume of having games Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, day off, and then a really good game on Thursday is is amazing for the sport, building up to the crescendo of the playoffs. Yeah, I was going to toss in uh, college football, but goodness gracious, bowl season's been wrecked. I think you and I are in lockstep on this bowl season. Doug, I've watched maybe four plays of the bowl season so far. Uh, it, it's it's abysmal. Like you can't watch. Another game was canceled. Uh, Hawaii had to pull out. Uh, it's just. I'm just so thankful that the NFL is doing the right thing and not shutting down and uh, like the NHL did. I mean, come on. Uh, Doug, I barely pay attention to hockey, but you got to be kidding me. Shutting down the sport. We're pausing it for a few days. Uh, I, don't get me started on that tangent. Doug. Any, I mean, but what, you can what, fire uh, what, Wait, what do you... I don't understand. Like the numbers are so bad, they have to shut down for a couple of days and then they'll start back up. Do you, do you think that they wanted to? Uh, why can't you plow through it like every other sport in America? I, I, I'm guessing just out of an abundance of caution. I mean, like, look, dude, these outbreaks are bad. Obviously, you have the numbers of guys, you have the proximity of those guys within their, the, the, you know, and you also, I don't know what the the percentage of them being vaxxed was. If a high enough percentage of them weren't vaxxed, then it, it's going to spread well, like that's wildfire. A, that's their problem, you know. That's their problem. They got to sit out uh, the requisite ten days or whatever and bring in some, uh, like the NBA's doing, Joe Johnson, G League guys, whatever. Who, whoever so, wants honestly, to get vaxxed, for the NBA, it's so bad. It is. NBA, it's bad, so but bad. at least they're playing. At least you're playing, right? Yeah. I mean, listen. It, it only it only it only it only adds to the NBA's regular season, especially before Christmas Day. Doesn't matter, you know, when you're just throwing guys out there. I mean, look, almost anyone in the G League. If if you you're right now, you're in the G League and you haven't gotten a call up. Okay, that means you're just probably a G League player because <laughs> well, everybody else is getting that that one opportunity. Which well, I, is, listen, the Lakers just, have not knocked on my door yet for the call up. Uh, the Clippers have, but I kind of said no. Um, Doug, come on, when are we going to see some Instagram influencers take the court to fill in for for the Orlando Magic, who got guys that you've never even heard of? And I know you love college hoops. Um, like it, it is bad, yeah, but guess what? It's an opportunity for other guys to get their moment in the sun, right? They're at least playing they're not shutting down and they're not you know again what are we shutting down for a, a couple sniff runny noses basically is that what's happening i got some friends who got covid but they're vaxxed and they're boosted and they got like no symptoms like come on i don't i think it doesn't it doesn't affect everybody equally and you know we can't like i'm not gonna sit here and act like i'm a doctor and you're uh, not you mean you're not an epidemiologist doug i no, thought you, but you're making college basketball too I, I I get that, but like I'm not I'm not going to go. I do I does it feel like this is the mild one? Like yeah, uh, but well, yeah, I'm, you, not, I'm not. If you're yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not the and and what you're finding is that they're trying to protect. I I don't know. I don't know enough about it. All I can tell you is it's every like everyone has it. <laughs> 
you know, it was, oh, yeah, sorry, shutting down Christmas. We got it. Jimmy's got it. You know, I run a basketball program. The, the text of, hey, we're going to be out for a while. Like, I know what that's, that's about. You guys going out of town? Nope. Nope. Not going out of town. Quarantining. Okay. So... I, I can only tell you this in the in the NFL. I do. I agree, though. You can you can zig when there's zag. If other people are postponing and you keep kind of plowing through, it it helps you. Um, Dana White. Dana White loves what you just said. Your guy, Dana White. Remember last it, year? Like, look though. There, there's it, it a lot. I think I think it comes down to one thing. I think it comes down to nobody wants to get sued. Nobody wants the the one the small percentage case that gets really really bad. We they don't want to turn up and get sued because you knew how bad it was. You knew how bad it could be, and you chose not to adjust and not to take a week off. You know, and it's not gonna it's not gonna kill hockey. Hockey's had multiple strikes and whatever. The the, the big portion of hockey is how much of it is occurs in Canada, and their approach to to this disease is different than our approach. And you know, in addition to the fact you get into these cities, but. Um, all I can tell you is it's been a great week for the NFL in terms of their perseverance through all these through all these COVID shutdowns, and I I think it's going to be fascinating. Who you just you got to find a way to just win the game, and Tennessee that that's maybe the the takeaway we didn't get to is you're missing your entire left side of your offensive line. You don't have Derrick Henry against the San Francisco team that comes in and they're healthy and they're ready, and you find a way to get a win. How many times have we seen? We saw the Rams last Thursday find a way despite they had I think without ten guys. Heck, the Browns didn't have twenty guys. It came down to one play. They could have won the game had they converted on a third down to to the Raiders. So. I do think that the the NFL's next man up mentality and the ability for guys to to pick up the weight and carry it across the finish line for just one game has been impressive. And I think it challenges a lot of coaches to do something that Vrabel's comfortable with, those Patriot guys are comfortable with, which is just find a way to win this game. You know, if you go back 25, 30 years ago in football, you know, before really the Belichick era, and even as part of the, the Belichick dominance era, you have teams who they do what they do, and that's how they beat you, right? And if you can beat how they, and but but Belichick's way has been very pragmatic. What does it take to win this game? And then we'll worry about next week. Next week, that's what Vrabel does. Vrabel's not Belichick. Obviously, seems like a, a a different dude, but it's still the little details and the ability to find a way to win this week and then find a way to win next week and we just find a way to win enough games and play it smart i mean you remember when uh tom brady's last game as new england patriot was against mike vrabel and the tennessee titans and how vrabel held the football and just tried to bleed the clock so that brady got as few opportunities as possible to come from behind and win it's it's did he want to keep playing football sure but he also wanted to win the game and there was some even some cheapy stuff there where they just got time off the clock late in the fourth quarter so i i think that may be the part that's missing instead of i woke up thinking damn garoppolo you let that one get away that one's on you it should be pointed out that tennessee found a way despite all the guys that were missing yeah, speaking of coaches, Doug, coming up next here on the Dan Patrick Show, Sean McDermott versus Bill Belichick. Uh, not just on the field, but a uh, little verbal sparring, perhaps. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Brandon Whedon joins us. Of course, he started Oklahoma State. They lost, they, they, they beat Stanford in the Fiesta Bowl, in a year in which 
they probably should have played for a national championship. But think about it. You come off of, you know, winning the Big 12 and you win that last game. It makes everything that felt bad feel good again. I There, there is Brandon Whedon joins us here um, on the Dan Patrick show. Brandon, you, you played obviously in the festival. You played in other bowl games that didn't decide who won a national champion, uh, a national championship. Did, do you believe that they have, uh, that the outcome actually matters for people who say none of the bowl games outside the national championship games matter? Yeah, yeah, they matter. I mean, I always felt like anytime you got an opportunity to go out and play, I mean, you put in all the work, you know, bowl practices are kind of a grind. It's, you know, it's cold here in Oklahoma city. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of work and a lot of people, a lot of time goes into it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I always feel like, you know, you have an opportunity to win your last one. You know, for me, that was the last opportunity I got to put on an Oklahoma State uniform ever. And so I felt like, yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to win it. I would as much, if not more than any other game I had played in all year. So, you know, those, you know, particularly the big bowl games. I mean, you know, even outside the, the playoff, you know, the New Year's Six Bowls and, and all these later bowl games. I mean, yeah, you, you know, you, you go all year, you put yourself in position. And as a player, man, I mean, I, I was chomping at the bit to get out there. It was it was a lot of fun to cap off a great season. We came up a little bit short of where we wanted to be, um, but to go out and play a good Stanford team, the the future first overall pick and Andrew Luck and a and a really good Stanford team is like you know I felt like you know that was a stage where you know everybody in the country is going to be watching. We'll see if we can go put on a show and and uh, find a way to win. So yeah, heck yeah, I was I wanted to I wanted to play and I wanted to win. Now, so Brandon, um, your bowl game tw- twenty eleven, I guess maybe January twenty twelve, that was before the playoff, I believe. And do you think the playoff has uh, made these games less relevant because the uh, attendance has been down across the board? TV ratings are sinking for all the non New Year's Day bowl games. Uh, it, do you think a solution is perhaps a twelve team playoff? Is sixteen too many? Or do you just want to go eight? But how do we make all these bowl games relevant to more than just the players? Yeah, I mean that's that's the challenging part, right? They're they're spaced out, you know, so over what basically three weeks, you know, and, and everybody, you know, especially the media is talking about the the final four, right? I mean, that's what everybody's playing to to get into the the dance there. So I don't think it's a finished product. I think they're going to have to expand it, you know, whether that's eight or twelve. I, I do. I, Sixteen seems like a lot, but um, I'm not smart. I'm not quite smart enough to figure figure all the logistics out. But but I do think that they will expand it. I think it uh, is. is is the right thing to do. Um, you get five, you know, power five conferences, you know, is that, you know, the, the, the conference winners in the power five and then three basically at large bids or whatever it may be to get in. But no, I, I think, you know, the, let's just call a spade a spade. You know, these, these games that have been going on so far, you know, are a bunch of six and six and yeah. seven and fives and stuff like that. So, um, you know, the excitement maybe is not there, but, you know, I'll use Oklahoma State as an example. You know, they get to go to, they get to go out to Florida, or I'm sorry, to uh, to Scottsdale, and um, and play a good Notre Dame team. You know that they've never played. So I mean, I would I would have to assume that Oklahoma State's going to travel extremely well. Uh, Notre Dame's a national brand; they're probably going to travel extremely well. So I would ex- I would expect that that uh, that crowd be pretty uh, pretty legit. So I, I think the closer we get to these. These final four games, uh, I think the you know the excitement will kind of, kind of build a little bit, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, it's a I don't know, man. I I, I get the opt out thing for some guys. Um, 
every situation is different. But man, I, I feel I, like, Brandon, I feel like, I feel like running backs, like I'll give, like Kyron Williams from Notre Dame is going to opt out. I feel like running yeah. backs, there's only so many carries, the idea of injuries, you know, and I understand for Notre Dame, you have Kyle Hamilton who also opted out because of the Jalen Smith thing. You know, there's always going to be guys that, that worry about it. But I do think that I, I, I feel running backs, maybe to a lesser extent wide receivers, those are the guys I get. I kind of don't get most everybody else. I just don't. Like, uh, I know Pickett from, from, uh, from Pittsburgh decided to opt out. Like, you don't want to put another game on tape? I, I don't, you don't want to play one last game with your guys? You know, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I just, I, I, I think there's this, you mentioned the competitiveness. There's also the, I, we, I don't think we do a good enough job in the media of understanding and relating to just how close you are with your teammates and how much they all mean to you. Those friendships, those relationships mean to you. And maybe it's, maybe it's just words to other people, but I think you and I both had the same experience in Stillwater. Man, to play one last game with your dudes, of course I'm going to play. Those are the ones I, I don't understand. I do understand the running backs. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, yeah, to get an opportunity to play with your guys one last time, that that was enough for me right there. But And, and I do. I, I get running backs. I mean, Guys that have had 300-plus carries, you know, if you're going to get another 30, you know, the wear and tear on their body, I, I completely understand that. I, I really do, especially if you're going to be, a, you know, one of the first running backs selected. Um, you know, in the opt-out thing, I mean, if you're going to be a surefire top 10, 12, 15 pick, then you know what? I mean, maybe it is smart. I mean, just kind of just a smart business decision to not play. And, and, I, and I get that. I understand that. But um, I don't know, man. I, you know, I wasn't here's, a surefire top ten or fifteen pick, so I I felt like I had to play to go out and prove myself. Here's a, here's an interesting one, right? And this one hasn't been mentioned. Okay, Doug Gottlieb, Jason McIntyre, Brandon Whedon's our guest, uh, former star quarterback at Oklahoma State, first round draft pick of the Browns, started for the for the Cowboys and the Texans as well. Um, some of these guys, and and granted. Our alma mater, it's not the same in terms of name, image, and likeness. But some of these guys are collecting big checks for name, image, and likeness, right? Imagine if you're one of the people who sponsor a kid. He's doing ads. And you're like, hey, I love this place. I'm not going to actually play in the bowl game <laughs> while representing your brand. <laughs> hey, like, yeah. has, has anybody thought of, you know, listen, dude, part of, part of me paying you money is you have to go and make appearances, shake hands at the bowl games and play in the bowl game. Like there's a conflict there. You can't no show on the bowl game. That part, I don't think we've seen yet. And that part is coming. Let me, let's transition to the NFL. Uh, B you watched, I know Thursday night football last night and it was like the perfect Garoppolo game. There's some throws there that he makes. You're like, wow, that guy can really, there's, he can, he obviously can run. He put him in position to tie the game. Uh, they decided not. It was interesting. There wasn't a lot of discussion about going for two, even though there's two minutes and 12 seconds to go in the game. I don't understand why it's okay for everybody else to go for two, but not the Niners there. That being said, um, what are your thoughts on Jimmy Garoppolo, who has a lot of good, but also has that tendency to throw the ill-timed pick like he did last night and cost his team some of these games? You know, I, I think he's a talented dude. I mean, you know, it's it's definitely in there. I think that's the the thing that's a little bit confusing about him is you watch him make some of these throws, the, the anticipation, uh, he's got a quick release, throws the ball relatively accurately. Um, but then, you you know, there's, there's four or five plays a game where you're like, hmm, man, that just, that wasn't great, you know. But, uh, again, it, it's easy when I'm laying in bed, you know, propped up watching with the clicker and I'm, you know, everything they're showing replays and, and the whole deal. But, 
you know, that's the difference in winning and losing in the NFL is three, four, five plays, sometimes less than that. So as a quarterback, I mean, he knows that. I mean, you gotta you got to take care of the football first and foremost, and that's kind of been his his bugaboo, if you will, just just happens to uh, to make those ill-advised throws where you're like, golly, you know, what did he see there? I'm, I'd, be, I'd love to know what he saw. But, um, but again, he, he shows flashes. I mean, he, we practiced against him, oh, I think it was 2018. They came to Houston before we played him, and, and um, you know, we had a pretty good defense that year. I mean, we did a two-minute drill, and it was just complete control, just boom, 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 throwing accurate, threw a, threw a touchdown deep down the right sideline. I was like, man, that was that was pretty good, you know, and then there's times where you watch it and it's like, mm, man, you know, it's just, just the inconsistency, which, uh, you know, again, he's a high-paid high paid player, so um, when, you, when you have that price tag next to your name, I think people, the expectation obviously goes up, and rightfully so, mm-hmm. but I, I do, I think he gives them the best chance to win right now, so I, I don't think if, if people are thinking they need to make a change, I don't, I don't necessarily think that's the that's the deal, but I think you got to run the football, um, throw it to George Kittle, 20 times a game and, and find Debo Samuel as many times as you can as well. So they got some dudes, uh, but I, I think he'll be fine as the year goes on. Brandon, I'm sure you saw the comments by Joe Burrow this week where people were like, hey, wait a minute, there's no COVID outbreaks on the Cincinnati Bengals. And Burrow said, well, there's not a lot to do in Cincinnati. You know, we're not out at bars and clubbing. And Doug and I just had the topic about whether or not Baker Mayfield stays in Cleveland and maybe they could go after Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson or whatever. I don't know, Brandy, you spent time in Cleveland. Do you think a high-profile quarterback, such as Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, any of those guys would willingly pick Cleveland, which, again, doesn't have exactly the greatest track record as like a, a desirable city? Um, you know, Joe Kim Noah in the NBA kind of blasted Cleveland back when he was having his sparring with LeBron. I, I don't know, does Cleveland get a bad rap, or is it a city where a big-time quarterback may want to go as a free agent? You know, I mean, even with the struggles we had, I, I truly, I, I enjoyed Cleveland. I mean, you know, they're a passionate fan base. You had, you had your select, you know, crew that they were pretty. Uh, I don't know what the word is, um, just oblivious, maybe. But, <laughs> but I met some, I met some great people up there. I mean, I met some great people. It's a good town. Um, you know, in the off season, good golf. You had, you know, good restaurants, good stuff like that. I mean, it was, it was a cool town. The weather sucks. I'll I admit that. That would be. You know, if you're an older quarterback that's not used to playing in weather, it'd be a be a huge challenge to go up there and try to play. Not only just because of the snow and the cold, but you know the wind. I mean, it whips off of Lake Erie. So as a quarterback, like those are those are the things you kind of got to think about. But uh, if they continue to to build one, that offensive line is is legit. Um, they're all going to be there a while. Great running game, probably the best one-two punch in the NFL when they're healthy. Um, and they got receivers, you know. So I mean, as far as the pieces, it's a pretty att- attractive spot, you know. And I think on defense, they're they're solid. So as far as the roster goes, I think it's as good as it's been in years. And I think you know these quarterbacks across the league, you know, five six years ago, I mean, I mean, some guys would probably rather retire than go up there just because of the track record at quarterback and the track record as a team and organization and and the whole deal. But now I, you know, I don't I don't necessarily view that job as I would say a uh, Bad job, I and mean, I think there's guys out there that would that would entertain going there. But um, it's man, I'd like except personally, uh, you know, I enjoyed it. Met some great, great people. Met some not so great people, but I think that that's going to be the case anywhere, you know. But um, you know, doesn't have the nightlife like a you know a, um, a Vegas or an LA or a Miami or New York or these places. But um, you know, still plenty plenty of stuff to do. Good sports town, and uh, I think that, again they're they're headed in the right direction. They've got uh, they got a pretty good football team. Brandon Whedon, our guest here on the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Um, 
Uh, okay, so you're Mac Jones, and as a rookie, things have been going really well, and he'd been managing the game, and you're coming off an indie game where he was bad. By his own accounts, he was bad. Um, now you're facing Buffalo, and the last time you beat Buffalo, you basically just handed off the ball the entire game. How hard is that to get your equilibrium, to get it back together after having a really disappointing game early in your career? Well, I mean, I, I would say that was really the first uh, poor game he's had. And, you know, so I think just putting it behind you, you know, he's never really had to deal with that. So I think we're about to find out what, kind of where he's at mentally. But, you know, I, he seems like and says like he does all the right things and, and sounds like from everything you hear from the from the inside, he prepares well and and um, it's kind of kind of got complete control back there. So, you know, the the tough thing for him is he went up against a really good underrated indie team and didn't play great. Now he's got to play a really good um, Buffalo team that's you know uh, in that division. Um, they're, they're they're kind of vying for that top spot. So this is a big one for him. So I you know I've been extremely impressed with him. Uh, I thought he was a great player in college. Uh, wasn't sure how he was going to transfer over to the NFL. Um, I was worried about him getting that game manager tag, which I think is the most. I, I just I don't understand that. I mean, I've never understood the game manager tag. It's that's what your job is as, a, as an NFL quarterback. Whether it's manager throwing it fifty times or manager throwing it three times, you're still managing. There's a lot to manage. So I've never quite understood that that tag, and I, I was afraid that he might get that that label. But I do think. I mean, I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be a, a, a stud, and he's in a perfect spot. He's got. Arguably the greatest coach of all time, and at any level, um, Josh McDaniels has been doing a great job with him as well. So uh, I expect him to bounce back. Uh, I think uh, you know Buffalo is susceptible. I mean, you got um, you know the little nicked up in the secondary. You know, there's there's they kind of, they can't feel good after coming off that loss uh, in the weather where you know they got the football ran on them sixty some odd times, but. So it'll be it'll be interesting. I'm interested if he can bounce back, but I, you know, I, I, everything I've seen, everything I've watched, you know, nothing tells me he won't do it. He's he's a talented young player. Brandon, have a merry Christmas. Thanks so much for joining us, and uh, look forward to catching up in the very near future. All right, buddy. Thanks, See you. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. What up? Welcome in. This is the Dan Patrick Show. Fox Sports Radio, iHeartRadio app, Sirius XM 217-203. With Jason McIntyre, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The Dan Patrick Show. Christmas Eve and wherever you're... Um, usually we're like sitting here bragging like, man, it's, it's so much nicer here than everywhere else. Two guys living in Southern California, but not today. SoCal is uh, under flood watch. A lot of rain, a lot of water, but it's okay. We've been in a drought, so we'll get out of the drought. And we have one night off of NFL, and then we got a doubleheader tomorrow, and we kind of get back into it, and we get ready also for tomorrow's NBA games, which appear appear to be a go after uh, uh, much consternation in this le- in this week leading up. But we'll see. NBA, we'll we'll get to why the NBA needs those games. To, to go. Um, Jason, we'll get back to what happened last night with the Titans coming from behind and beating the San Francisco 49ers on Thursday night football and all that it means in a second. But as we get ready to watch Cleveland, Cleveland plays, of course, tomorrow night against the Packers. Albert Breer of SI.com recently suggested in an appearance on the fan in Cleveland that the Browns will at least make a play for Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson. So um, the conversation went a little. It, it's it's a little different than I think it's it, it sometimes 
gets relayed. Here's the quote, okay? Quote, I'd expect the Browns to be a player. Are they going to be willing to go the distance? I don't know, but I absolutely believe the Browns are going to be a player for Deshaun Watson if and when he becomes available. Let's call that an educated guess. Now, my guess is, again, this is an educated guess with Albert. As a reporter, it's more than an educated guess, like that it has been mentioned. Um, the, the issue is that we have had no movement in the Deshaun Watson civil, and there has been obviously no criminal charges. So we're still kind of stuck with the, are you going to make a play for this guy when all that stuff is still hanging over him? But it does, it's a reasonable thing to say, at least they're going to kick the tires or, or can you not kick the tires when you have Baker Mayfield as your quarterback? I think you've always got to look to upgrade, you know, unless you're married, then you don't do that. But, um, yeah, in the, in the NFL quarterback landscape, Baker Mayfield has not shown he's a $30 million guy, Doug. He hasn't. Now, you could argue Dak Prescott, same deal, but Dak had at least put up some really good numbers. Baker got to the playoffs last year, and it was mostly the running game and Stefanski. And nobody says, like, when was the last time Baker Mayfield went out and won a big football game? Baker Mayfield delivered with a game-winning drive, touchdown pass, all that fun stuff that quarterbacks kind of sort of need to do. Some of them are really good at it. Others, not so much. Baker hasn't proven it yet. Now, you could argue, hey, hasn't this guy had three different head coaches? He started out with, uh, what, Hugh Jackson. And then he they went to uh, Freddie Bathrooms. I'm sorry, Freddie Kitchens. And then now they're on Stefanski. So he's had three different coaches, I believe, in four years. Mm-hmm. And that can be difficult on a quarterback. So... You could also argue, well, he hasn't given a fair shake. That being said, if you can get Deshaun Watson, you definitely press that upgrade button, Doug. Now, I don't know how you get Watson, and I will express for a moment some frustration on my end as a you know consumer of NFL content. Like I've heard nothing on the Deshaun Watson front in months. Absolutely nothing. And I know the court systems are backed up because of COVID, but isn't it at least worthy of an update from one side of the lawyer? Like, where are we on this? Like, I mean, again, I know Deshaun Watson screwed up. Doug, I've talked about this on my podcast. I am a big believer in massages. I found a great masseuse. I get a massage every two weeks. I've recommended multiple people to this person. My wife goes to this lady occasionally. And I say massages are great for, uh, you know, recharging the batteries and relaxing. I do not advocate, and I cannot imagine getting a different a massage from a different person every week and finding you know masseuses on Instagram. So I'm very confused by what Deshaun Watson was doing. That being said, he just lost a year of his career because he made some really dumb mistakes. I don't know how far it went or what he did. Um, but, Doug, a year is gone. And I, I, you remember two years ago, Deshaun Watson, I believe, had the Houston Texans in the AFC Championship game, and I think they led the Chiefs by something like 20 points before collapsing and losing by 30. <coughs> oh, bless me. Bless you. But, uh, so, Doug, I, I feel bad for Watson, but at the same time, like, I just don't understand how Cleveland can say, hey, man, maybe we'll go after Deshaun Watson. If anything, this is a signal, hey, Baker, go out and beat Aaron Rodgers head-to-head in an island game and show to us you've got something because we haven't seen jack squat out of you this season. Did you, is the island game, is that your thing? Is that is that a thing that I missed? Jay Stu, are you? I I always thought they were standalone games. Standalone like island, island, whatever. I like the island game. No, it's okay. I'm just wondering, like, is that a? Do you want to trademark that one? No, I did. I mean, come on, that's been around for a minute. Um, it has. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big okay. red zone guy. So you know, when you're watching red zone, you're watching like five different games. You just right. see the big plays. Red zone's amazing. Six straight hours of football with no it's interruptions. Incredible. Yeah. But the island games can be a tough watch when you got to. 
Oh, sorry. Who's your Who's your red zone host? Where Where you Where you are? Is it? Um, it's uh, Scott Hansen. Scott Hansen. Scott Hansen. Was yeah. A- Hansen, and then there's Andrew, a- Andrew Siciliano. Yeah, right? I, the, I don't really know the other guy's work, but um, yeah, I, they, they're both they're both good. They're both great. They, and and it's it's interesting. Like you, if you spend every Sunday with these guys, you're like Scott Hansen's my guy. Like we're boy. Like I've seen Scott Hansen out in public because I've lived, you know, in the based upon cable systems or having satellite, and I know I I know both guys, but it's just funny. Like you literally spend the entire Sunday with your red zone host. Yeah, and and you can be. It's, it, and it, obviously, that's like an enviable job. If you ever have one job where, where you're just throwing the games, that's that's the best one. I mean, Doug, I, I would I would counter with this. Um, yes, it's hard to sit in a chair for six hours and not go to the bathroom and just watch sports and talk about it. But you know, the one requirement is you've got to love sports. And we've you and I have privately have talked about this a lot in sports media. A lot of people have got into sports and then thought they were above sports, and then they started to, you know, try to pivot and become like cultural tastemakers, if you will. They don't love sports. I don't know about you. I feel like I, if I given the chance to host Red Zone one Sunday, it would be off the hook. Now wait, wait, I do get very do, excited. Listen, you're doing the thing that you can't do. It's like when coaches, you can't talk about a job that's not open. No, no, you're, I wouldn't want that you, job. I would not want it. But I yes, think I you could would. Do it. No, I love my job. What are you talking about? You <laughs> wouldn't want that job. You wouldn't want to be the host of Red Zone. No, 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 no. Why wouldn't you? Well, you I mean, said you love all, sports. You love the NFL. You love the Red Zone. Why would I? Again, I'm. You, you have to be cautious because you don't want Siciliano. You know, he's small but mighty. Okay, you don't want him coming. You don't want him coming at you saying, "Hey, dude, I, why are you why are you gunning for my job? I've I've, 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 I've done this job. Like I've got a better since... job than Red Zone. Um, you know, I get to come on the radio when I want. Uh, I have a daily podcast. I go on FS1. I write stuff for Fox Sports, and I do a lot of it from my house. Like I don't have to go into a studio that often. I'm in the studio today. Well, they they just go in the studio once a week. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I I can't imagine that Hanson does nothing during the week. Right? That's not his only job. Uh, both those guys do other stuff as well. I, mean, okay. I think they both work for the NFL Network. Otherwise, uh, but again, that even makes my point even better. Like again, so you wouldn't want that job. You wouldn't want. Well, I think they do sixteen Sundays a year or something. Maybe seventeen Sundays a year now with Week eighteen. Yeah. You, you wouldn't want that job. He doesn't really get to offer opinion. He's just telling people I, what I they're seeing. You know, I understand. I, I know we all know the job. You don't offer opinion. You throw in a stat, factoid. Yeah. You have to know I'm what's going on that. fantasy I'm sorry, wise. I'm more than that. <laughs> I, I I have to opine. So now, what a now, horrible so play! Now they're, less, now they're less people than you. I, I'm just kidding. Jason McIntyre, <laughs> Doug Gottlieb, in for Dan Danette's Dan Patrick Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Getting ready for not just Christmas, Merry Christmas to you, but an incredible weekend of games i'll just look here's the thing let's start with cleveland specifically um it's going to be interesting to see how they handle the baker thing he has been banged up but he hasn't been good enough and i think we've 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 bumped into the ceiling which his talent can carry you and when he was coming out of oklahoma the ou guys all the nfl scouts kind of the the, the running thing was like Baker's Baker processes well. Baker can make the reads. He can make most of the throws. But th- there's a limit in terms of his talent. But if you surround him with really good players, he'll lead him, and he's a good. He'll be a good quarterback. <coughs> that hasn't. He hasn't been good enough this year. And when you start getting called out by teammates, it feels like feels like they're all they're not frustrated with the Baker act. They're frustrated that Baker hasn't gotten them the ball, and they they know his his limitations and. All the other stuff, all the other stuff becomes more of annoying and a nuisance when he's not. If he's playing well, all of the Baker back and forth on social media and his wife, like that stuff, 
wide receiver, they don't care about that that thing as long as they're getting the ball. When the, the team is stagnant offensively, when he's unable to make the right plays, now you get frustrated with it. They picked up his fifth year option, so there's going to be a, there's a financial commitment to him. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to give him a big extension. The question becomes: Do they go to Baker Mayfield and say, "Hey, man, listen, we can we can let you ride this thing out, okay, and let you hit the market, or we can extend you long term, but at a rate we're comfortable with, where we can continue to put people around you, or do they just decide we're done with Baker?" It was a good run. Let's start this thing over. Let's move. It. Let's make a move for Deshaun Watson. Now, the other part to it. The other part to it is: would, would the would the Texans want to trade for him? You know, would they want to bring him back home? And could he? You know, can can he be a guy who holds that thing together as they wait to draft the next star quarterback? Like, is that? Is that what the Texans... Because no one but, really knows the Texans' plans and what they're going to do. Right now, it's just about draft picks. But, Doug, can you do that? Can you wash your hands of Baker and say, we're ready to move on and make a play for Watson? Or do you automatically... You first have to get Watson, right? Yeah, like, I don't well, think you can yeah, do but one I, before the... I don't think you no, can dump no, Baker because then it's, you're just uh, SOL, right? You got nothing. It's a, com- it's a combined deal there, right? Yeah. We have to... They have to... You have to find somebody who wants Baker. And I believe Watson has a no-trade clause, or he control he can control where he wants to go. And he said, Miami, there was some chatter that maybe Carolina would be acceptable. He's kind of yes. from a town a few hours from there sure. in, I believe, Atlanta. Um, does he want to go to Cleveland? Listen, Doug, that's a tough sell. Somebody asked me the other day on, on IG, Jay, uh, why not Russell Wilson to Cleveland? And I said, he's got a international pop star. In, I guess his wife is still a pop star, right? Um, yeah. Russell Wilson, do you think he wants to spend the next three years in Cleveland? Like, look at Odell Beckham. He went to Cleveland and was almost instantly unhappy. And I'll never forget, in the offseason, he was in Cleveland, I believe, for three days and spent the rest of his time in New York and L.A., which is fine, and I would do the same. But is Cleveland a tough sell to Russell Wilson? I would say, yes, it is. Like, the New York Giants, a dumpster fire of a franchise right now, are kind of sort of more appealing to Russ because of the ancillary stuff of New York, even yeah, though the coach I, and the GM are uncertain. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, I, I bel- my belief is that mentality is is severely dated, and it doesn't match mm. up with the reality of the NFL. Reality of the NFL. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is on plenty of commercials. There's no there's no limit to Aaron, Aaron Rodgers' ability to well, wait, uh, to, to sell himself to Madison Avenue. He and was, he's in Green Bay, Wisconsin, but he was drafted there, and he's been there for a decade. By choice, it's a little different. Well, first of all, Russell Wilson is under contract. Okay, like let's. This is not Tom Brady as a free agent. You get to pick your spot. But the the question is, uh, for for me, I don't care where you go. You got to go somewhere you're going to win. Okay, because nothing matters if you're not a winning player. And you can you can have a year where you don't win. You know, you can have a year. You start to have two, it becomes a trend. You have three, now it's an issue. Do I think Russell prefers a big market? Yeah, I, I obviously what, what you're iterating has been reiterated numerous times that he wants out of there, and both the L.A. teams have their quarterbacks, so that's off. San Francisco has their quarterback, has their quarterback and their quarterback of the future, so that's off. So the, the next biggest market that would make sense would be New York. The Jets drafted theirs. I don't know if anybody knows if he can play or not. And the Giants, though, the current regime is dedicated to Daniel Jones. There's going to be a regime change. So all that makes sense. But if we all look at Cleveland and say, that's a roster that's super, super talented, 
That's a roster that can run the football. That's a roster where he would immediately be placed in a better position to succeed um, than he was in Seattle. It's one which I paid attention to. I, look, I do I agree with you that, that you hear from enough people that know that that's one of Russell Westbrook's. I, part of it is when you're up in Seattle. Like first of all, like Seattle is an amazing city. Every time I land there, you're like, God, this is so awesome. You yeah. could all these houses, you could see water, the food's good. Mountains. It does it almost feels like you're in an international city. But it is very far removed from the rest of the United States. You it is like it it just it feels it feels like you're in Canada. It feels like you're in a little bit of a different country. In in many ways positively so, but there's a negative there when you're trying to connect to everybody else. And Russell's obviously a different dude. But my thing is, you want to win. Cleveland's got Cleveland's got the dudes. New York it seems to be in perpetual rebuild mode. It's not like when Tom Brady went to Tampa, where all they needed was a quarterback. They need way more than a quarterback. Okay, so you let know, me ask need... you. Cleveland comes open, right? Mm-hmm. And Pittsburgh, you know, we all agree, Ben Roethlisberger's shot, it's over. You know, Pittsburgh, not a great appealing city, but this is a st- stable franchise, good ownership. Pittsburgh. Solid head coach. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's kind of a cool city, I hear. I don't know Pittsburgh that well. I've, I don't think I've spent any time there. But if it, would you go Pittsburgh or Cleveland? You lived in Pennsylvania and you never spent time in, in Pittsburgh? You know Pennsylvania. It's basically it's Philadelphia. Yeah. And then the middle they call Pennsylvania because it's you know basically Pennsylvania and Kentucky. And then there's Pittsburgh. So no, I never made the trip through Pennsylvania. My brother is in uh, Pennsylvania and knows Pennsylvania well. That being said, I think you'd have to go Steelers over Browns, would you not? I would. Yeah. Yeah, a better franchise, more stable, and they have a, they got a, a, a better wide receiving core. Sure, TJ Watt, uh, that defense, Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, yeah, you know, all, Cleveland's all good. The Cleveland's now, very good. Now they've they they don't they don't love spending, and one of the things that I think Russell wants and Aaron Rodgers wants is they want a new contract. So I don't know how that looks, but both are going to be in need of a quarterback. Let, let's get back to the let's get back to the root of it. Deshaun Watson to the Browns. Like all of this, who's going to get Deshaun Watson? As you point out, we've heard nothing in terms of the civil outside of uh, the the, the uh, lawyer representing the women has said that there's that they're getting closer to a grand jury being called. And until that happens, like he's not being you're not going to be moved. You can't make a trade for a guy that then gets charged with sexual assault. Now, do I think the NFL knows or has a good feeling in regards to his possibility of playing and some some of this stuff, uh, some of this stuff being a little bit more hyped in substance, it feels that way. But we don't know, and that's purely speculation. That's unfair. And, you know, remember, we're in a, we're in a time in which, uh, what's the guy's name? Chris Noth, right? You know, Chris Noth. Sex in the City, dude? That's big from Sex in oh, the City. Right, but he's, right. also, he's getting me too or something? He got me too He was, they, they killed him off Sex in the City, and then he's on, he was on a different TV show where uh, he's already been fired from the TV show. Another woman came out yesterday. These are things that are up to 15, uh, I think 15 years in the past that he's you know been alleged to do things to women, which reprehensible. And you know now they're you know they're they're outing him. So we're we're in an era where women are finding their voice and stepping up, and it would be contradictory for anyone running a professional sports league to go like, all right, let's throw Deshaun Watson out there. I, I agree with you. He lost a year. The, the, the 40 or something massage therapist is if at least bizarre, at least bizarre behavior. Uh, that's at least at most it's, it's, it's a lot more troubling than that. 
this is and I, but I don't, I don't know. Like there, most people think he's going to play, and so if he's going to play, what organization can take those can take those kind of verbal and written bullets of what they're giving into, and 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 then how does it work in terms of trading him, and does he want to accept a trade? Like all of those things are such unknowns that we're left to just purely speculate that Deshaun Watson could be available for the Browns yeah. next year, who would have to decide to bail on Baker Mayfield, who is their number one overall pick, who has led but them wait, to the playoffs. Wait, wait, wait! I think the front office has turned over since it, Baker it is won one. right, right, right. It so is. the coach and GM aren't. Like, hey, Baker's our guy. He's, st- he's still their starting quarterback. He's True. still a number one overall pick. He still led them to a playoffs. He's still a guy who played hurt. He, he has sweat equity in that building. Yeah. Now, does some of that equity eventually wear off? Sure. Okay, but we have to be realistic of... Uh, I, I actually think the best point made so far today, you made earlier, which is you gotta you can't just get rid of Baker Mayfield and take a chance on Deshaun Watson. Those things have to go at the exact same time if, if you want to try and find a way to make it work. Yeah, uh, it, it is going to be a fascinating one. Again, Aaron Rodgers could bail, although it's looking increasingly like it won't happen, right? I mean, basically with LaFleur, him and Rodgers are amazing, and they're in the mix for the Super Bowl every year. Why would you break that up? Because it's Aaron Rodgers. Well, maybe maybe the Packers say, hey, Aaron, we're sorry we apologized. Hey, we want to make you the first $50 million quarterback in NFL history. Deal? And I think Aaron probably stays around in Green Bay. But if he wants to move, you're looking at Aaron Rodgers on the move, Russell Wilson on the move, Deshaun Watson, um, like you said, Baker Mayfield. He'll land somewhere. Jimmy Garoppolo could be on the move. Personally, I, I know we just hammered him at the outset. Jimmy G, tough night last night. I think he is like the ideal game manager. And we forget, this guy came within eight minutes of winning a Super Bowl against the mighty Chiefs before Patrick Mahomes uncorked a bomb on third and a million to Tyreek Hill. That that flipped the game. I, I think Jimmy G can still. I think I'll, I'll go on the on the prediction right now. Okay. Jimmy Garoppolo will win a Super Bowl in his NFL career. I don't know what uh, odds you want to give me on that, Doug. We can we could do a, uh, a stake bet okay. or something. Well, I, I'll take it. I'll take fifteen a stake years from now. Uh, you know I'll, when you're I'll a multi-millionaire. No, I'll and, take I'll take a stake bet on that one. That one's an easy stake bet. Um, really? Cowboy ribeye, which is the bone in. Yes, I want the apps. Okay, you name and the, I want you name the steakhouse. I don't, and I'll I don't even pick, need the steak because Jimmy G will win a Super Bowl. Okay. That's not um, that bold. He came within eight minutes of winning one. He's going to get traded to a team that has no chance. I don't know. He, Pittsburgh is perfect for him. They are right there on the cusp. Ben's done. You still think you've got a shot with the defense. I think Jimmy G makes sense. You're probably going to save like $10 I think million. Houston, dollars. I, think, I think Houston makes sense. Oh, well, if he goes to Houston, I lost my bet. Um, but I, Houston's got like a top pick, don't they? Don't they have multiple top picks? What about New Orleans? Or do they keep Jameis Winston? New Orleans, I don't. I don't think he's. I, I don't think he's his type of guy. I just. I just. He don't. would just go crazy on Bourbon Street. I mean, remember, no, Jimmy not, G's not, the guy. Not the, Bur- not the Bourbon Street. Not the Bourbon Street. I'm just talking about as a football player. I, I don't know enough about guys off the football field. You. you I mean, Sean guys Payton turned Drew Brees from a second round pick who did nothing with the Chargers. He was like, "Oh, do we? What do we want to do? And ah, let's move on." And then Drew Brees becomes like a top ten quarterback in NFL history. A lot of that has to do with Sean Payton, right? Yeah, he's an incredible play caller. Okay, so uh, you don't think he could do it with Jimmy G? Um, ooh, yeah, I just got do, to do change I, his mind. No, I just, I again, I, I think that if Sean Payton's going to find the next quarterback, I'm not sure, I, I don't believe Jimmy Garoppolo would be that guy. By the way, I, I don't know if Drew Brees did nothing when he was in San Diego. Um, they He got hurt. Now, that's what happened. And they had drafted. They did think they were making an upgrade with Philip Rivers, but he did win. I thought he Fair. won 20 games. You're his, right. You're right. His last two, last two years, they won 20 games combined. 